0: This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly, the number one destination for conscious consumers around the world. At Good Together, we value the planet over perfection and believe that you can make positive things happen for the planet every day by being a conscious consumer and an informed citizen. Listen in as I chat with various experts about living and consuming responsibly. Together, listeners, I am so excited to welcome Francisca Troutman to the podcast today. She is the co founder, co director, and resident chemical engineer at Glass Half Full in New Orleans. So, so excited to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, Francisca, I wonder if you can just uh, give the audience a little bit of a background, like introduce yourself and kind of let them know what you're working on.
1: Definitely. So, I am. From a small town in Louisiana, it's called Karen Crow. You've probably never heard of it, um, but I went to Tulane for college, which is where I met my co-founder Max. And throughout college um, in New Orleans, you know, we had always heard about how frustrating it is for people not to be able to recycle glass. You know, we experienced it ourselves. And so one night, over a bottle of wine that came in a glass bottle that we knew <laughs> um, sadly would end up in a landfill, we kind of cracked this idea of. Um, recycling glass into sand and a resource that we could use locally in New Orleans. So instead of having to toss all our glass in the trash like we were used to, we could just start something, however small that may be, and um, convert that glass into a resource
0: that's so interesting and yes uh, probably most listeners won't be as familiar with um, you know Louisiana but I'd be curious to know so I I am slightly familiar my husband has some family in Covington um so so we, we nice. go out and visit every once in a while but um how did the like location um, you know specifically Louisiana Louisiana we We get so many questions actually um on our podcast from people who say, "Look, I live in an area that's not really served by a lot of recycling facilities, and it it's really difficult for me to to actually make sure that my um you know glass or aluminum or et cetera is actually getting recycled. So tell me a little bit about like how that geographic location actually sparked this idea,
1: yeah, so growing up in a small town in Louisiana, I also did not have access to um, recycling services. I didn't have yeah. curbside recycling. My family would have to drive, you know, 20, 30 minutes away and drop it off somewhere. And even after that, you know, like your listeners were saying, it's hard to determine, you know, what's actually happening to those recyclables and where, where are those materials going? Are they actually being recycled? And so that's something we've always wanted to combat at glass Have full is like showing people that we're actually recycling your glass. We're turning it into something. You can come and see that and feel that. Um, but getting back to the geographical thing. So, you know, we were situated in New Orleans at Tulane and New Orleans is is a place like no other. It's filled with community. Yeah. Um, and it's, a, yeah, it's just a place where there's so much community that, that we had a feeling that it could really work here. And so we started, you know, with the GoFundMe, it had to be like a crowdfunding campaign to get the community involved and get the community behind it. And it's just been such a beautiful experience to see all the different types of people who want to get involved, who want to help, who want to give us their time or their money or their resources to help get this off the ground. And I think it had to start in New Orleans. Um, Obviously, we have a lot of plans to expand to other areas in Louisiana and maybe even throughout the U.S., but New Orleans was just the perfect place to start because of that strong community.
0: Yeah, I, I love that I love that um story. And the reason why I brought it up, you know, in addition to the questions that we get from listeners is I really do believe it's it's hard for people to understand how recycling and you know waste reduction is often a question of accessibility. Um, you know, and, and the reason why I say it's hard for a lot of people to understand because if you're coming from a suburb where you just Throw stuff out on your curb all the time, like it, it doesn't even cross your mind that some areas in the United States and around the world don't have this type of access, right? Like I grew up in an area like that. Like I mean, I was recycled my whole life. We just put it out to the to the curb, didn't think one thing about it. Um, and so, you know, just e- even able to as we're able to take people out of that mindset is so powerful. right?
1: absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So so expanding
0: on that, like. Tell me a little bit about what actually happens to your recycling once it, you know, leaves the curb or like, you know, is at a facility. Because I, I, I saw on your uh, glass half full website that a single piece of glass in your recycling bin in New Orleans will cause the entire load to be sent to the landfill um, where it's never going to be able to decompose. So tell me a little bit about that process.
1: Yeah, so recycling in general um, in most cities in the U.S. is single stream. So you're putting everything into one bin, um, which can cause a lot of issues, especially when you introduce glass into that bin with your paper, with your plastic, your cardboard, your aluminum. Um, Glass can become a really kind of dangerous contaminant. Um, You know, it gets broken. It can be sharp. So it's hard for facilities to then separate that material out. Which is why a lot of major cities um, have stopped collecting glass altogether in their single-stream recycling because it can cause so many issues, and that's why they have all these dramatic rules. Like if we see or hear glass, we're not we're not bringing that to the recycling facility because wow. they won't take it, because um, it can cause so many issues in in that separation process.
0: And so, you know, I think something that's that you've brought up that's really interesting for listeners to keep in mind is, yeah, like the facility that is around your local area, if there is one, there is not a standard across the United States by any means. So, you know, certain facilities will have the ability to recycle different types of materials compared to others. Um, this is one way that, like, We've talked so much about single-use plastic on this podcast before, but this is one way that single-use plastic is super problematic because oftentimes the company that produces it or the company that like uses it in their packaging will say, "Oh, this is recyclable. Just like chuck it out." Well, what they fail to tell you is it's only recyclable. First of all, you have to like uh, you know flip it over, look for the the number of you know uh, the number on the recycling symbol and. Just because it says that it can be recycled does not necessarily mean it can be recycled in your facility. And honestly, <laughs> odds are that it's probably not going to be, right? And that's where we talk about the concept of wish cycling and stuff too. So it's almost a mindset shift. I'm, I'm curious to know, Fran, like, so as you're, you guys are having this conversation over this bottle of wine, like, how much information did you know about recycling before you decided to start your, uh, your business?
1: That's a great question. And it's something that I hope inspires other people to take action in their community because we truly, we did not know anything. I mean, we thought we knew knew something, you know, about recycling. We knew just the tip of the iceberg. Like Mm. we had no prior knowledge or experience in recycling or waste. You know, I knew like, okay, there's different numbers of plastics and that means different things. But that was about the extent of my knowledge, you know the more we got into this, the more we researched, the more we learned. Um, That's really how we got all of the knowledge that we have today is just through experience and action and talking to people and, and just learning more along the way. So that's, that's something I always hope to um, tell, especially young people, because everyone thinks, oh, well, I didn't even study sustainability in college. How can I like, Run a sustainable business or organization, and it's like you don't need to you you can learn things along the way, and um yeah, just just be comfortable in like what you do know,
0: yeah, exactly, and I mean, there's so many different facets to owning a business organization like you were just talking about, so like you're right, like you might not be the scientist, um but you might have a really great knack for running a business, and then you hire a scientist or whatever I mean, there's just so many different ways that we can all contribute to your point so I totally agree that we should not feel like we have to like self-impose these rules on you know <laughs> like we, we don't right. need to be doing that right um, yeah no that that's fascinating okay so bring me through the the timeline so you guys were in school had this idea then what happened you did your crowdfunding campaign is that right or how, how did things go from that perspective.
1: Yeah, so we were seniors in college in our second semester. So it was about January of 2020 when we kind of cracked this idea, came up with this plan. And um yeah, the first roadblock was we don't have any money. So we started to go fund me. And then the second roadblock was we don't have anywhere to put this glass or you know, crush it down and turn it into sand. And so we utilized um a the backyard of Max's fraternity house. Um wow. so we were very, yeah, we were very uh, you know, um, we used everything. Crappy. And I yeah, hate that we were double strappy. double entendre with that word. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so we functioned out of that backyard for about four or five months. Um, we used the GoFundMe money to purchase an initial like very small glass recycling machine. It just crushed up glass in the sand. And, um, functioned out of that backyard, like through the, the intense, like start of COVID. And then by about June of 2020, someone donated a, a warehouse for us to rent for, I think he gave us like four months free, wow. uh, this like very small warehouse. And we quickly filled that up with glass. Um, we always had this problem of like too much glass coming in and so much demand, uh, we couldn't really keep up with all of the glass that people wanted to recycle. Like the community was really, really excited about it. And so by August of 2020, we moved into a huge facility that the one that we're currently in now, which is like 40,000 square feet.
0: That's amazing. I, I love to hear it. And I mean, it's it's just the classic startup story. I mean, we have a similar one with Brightly and, you know, it's just Really, I think, so rewarding as an entrepreneur and a builder to be able to go from like truly your backyard into something yes. bigger, especially when you're doing it from a social impact and like you know true good for the world experience so so, I love that story and um, as you're talking, it kind of got me got the wheels turning in my head a little bit so like tell me a little bit about like how what the glass recycling process looks like because i as somebody who knows a little bit about it, in my head, I'm like, oh no, what happens to the labels? Do people have to give you the glass without the labels? So, like, tell me a little bit. Okay, you have a big pile of glass in a warehouse. Now, how do you actually recycle it?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. It's something that keeps a lot of people up at night. Um, I get so many TikToks <laughs> yeah. about, like, wait, what is happening to the labels? Yeah. Um, it, and it actually does feel like magic, but essentially, we have um, a pulverizing kind of like system. Um, and so it consists of a hopper, a conveyor belt, hammers that crush the glass, a trommel screen. And so within that system, it's actually a patented process. So I, I, truly, I don't know exactly how it works. It seems like magic. That's but cool. Be- yeah, because the glass, I believe it's because the glass is hitting against itself. The machine is able to only crush the glass into small pieces And it leaves um, metal caps, you know, plastic, any plastic bottles, any aluminum cans and labels as larger pieces. And so then through the trommel screen, like the sifting process, all of the non-glass pieces will be separated from the glass pieces. And so what's left is a mixture of sand and gravel made from glass. And then we have another kind of offshoot that's basically like more of like a trash shoot, um, okay. which is the caps, the corks, the labels, yeah. and all of that.
0: Awesome. No, that that's so interesting. And I feel like, yeah, a lot of people, you know, you hear, you hear um, like best practices where somebody will say, okay, well, if you put glass in the recycling bin, you have to scrub the labels off yourself. Blah blah blah. And like, obviously, if everybody did that, it might make someone's life a little bit easier. But like, that's just not realistic, right? Like, most people don't have time to do it, and who knows if they'd even be effective at doing it. So obviously, there is there are ways that you just talked about that are done on um, on mass. But um, right. n- another question that people ask us, and I'm sure you get it on TikTok all the time, which we're going to talk about TikTok in a second, <laughs> but. Um, what people ask me all the time, like, well, what happens if I didn't clean it out correctly? You know, like, what if it's a spaghetti jar and I left some sauce in there? Like, what do you tell people then?
1: (laughs) Yeah, in general, that is okay. Um, Organic matter is like not a huge issue for us. Um, We use the the glass sand um, in the environment. So like spaghetti sauce isn't going to make a huge difference. Um, But we do have a sort of like screening process for when we collect the glass. So we collect okay. it through a drop-off program as well as a pickup program. So if there is anything like super funky or weird, um, we will take it out and like do something with it, either clean it ourselves or just toss it if it's too far gone. But in general, yeah. most most things that people are worried about, like limes in their Corona beer, yeah. it's totally yeah not an issue for us. It'll either get crushed up or like separated in the um, sifting process that I just talked about.
0: Oh, so good. So yeah, I mean, so there we go, listeners. If you've ever had anxiety about this, like I have too, uh, Farina's just told us that it's probably okay, <laughs> <laughs> at least at her facility. Um, and so really good to know because I'm sure you get that all the time. And actually, so that that kind of brings me to the next point I wanted to make was, yeah, I mean, we actually found about you and um glass half full through TikTok. Um. Brightly also has had, you know, a lot of really cool conversations and community building happening on TikTok. Um, and so, I mean, who knows, but we probably saw you on a, a hashtag or like the For You page, who knows. But then we, we just really fell in love with like your storytelling perspective. Um, but tell me a little bit about like, how has TikTok played a role in the growth that you've seen with your business? Um, and then maybe tell me a little bit about like the community building aspect.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I touched on the local New Orleans community aspect earlier about how the community really just came together to support us in any way that they could, which was such a beautiful thing to see. And then we we found the exact same type of community on TikTok. It was really so incredible. And I owe, I owe it all to my co-founder, Max, because he was the one, it was like June of 2020. He was the one who was like, I think we should make a TikTok video. And I was like, Max, we're, I think we're too old for TikTok. And we were like 20, <laughs> we were like 22 at the time. And you still um, thought you were
0: too old. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just like that, that era of TikTok where it was like dancing videos and yeah. we didn't really know, you know, if there was potential there, but Max saw the potential. And I'm so glad that he did because now TikTok is just one of our, biggest tools for, yeah, getting the word out there, growing this community, inspiring other people to take action in their community. It's just been such an incredible journey.
0: Yeah. I mean, I and, and honestly, the way you film things is so interesting. And I think just, again, giving people the behind-the-scenes look at what is possible. Number one, like from a recycling perspective, from uh, you know grassroots perspective, like you talked about earlier, it's just it's such a cool thing to see. So, listeners, if you haven't had a chance to check out Fran's TikTok presence, we'll talk a little bit about it at the end of the episode where you can find her. But totally, totally recommend it. Um, and one one of the things I love about TikTok is the ability to you know get comments from people and and engage in sort of the question and answer, or maybe the duet, um, experience. So uh, tell me a little bit more about like, what are some other questions? I mean, I'm sure you guys get so many comments and DMS, like what are some of the top questions people are asking you on TikTok and on social?
1: One of the (laughs) banes of my existence on TikTok is uh, when we, when we go viral, There are always so many questions about if the glass sand is sharp. Like, will it cut me? Is it going to hurt? Is it sharp? That is the top question that we get anytime we go viral. And it's so funny because the people who have been following me or Glass Half Full for a while, they'll like chime in before I <laughs> even They're like, like no, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. like She's done so many tests. Like I've walked on it multiple times. I like squeeze it. I like rub it in between my hands. I do so many like video tests for people to like put them at ease that it is not sharp. It is a rounded sand product. We've actually done like, Analyses on the angularity and roundness of our sand versus native sand, it's like the same. So it's like no, no sharper than sand at the beach or like sand that you'll find anywhere else. um But that is like the top question that I get. And well, that I, like, it's just like, I don't know how to appease everyone. You well, know?
0: it's crazy too, because you're like, okay, am I going to have to go back? Are we going to have to go back to high school science class or probably not even? It's probably like elementary science class where like, folks, glass is sand. <laughs> right, like you know it's basically been melted down and transformed on a chemical basis, <laughs> right, right, so like folks don't worry, like it's the same thing. <laughs> that's yeah. so funny, I love it what um what else do they what else do they ask you?
1: <laughs> yeah, another pretty popular question that we get is in terms of. Uh, do we plan to expand to other cities can we teach people how to do this in their mm. hometown or yeah. their city are we franchising um that's something that we get asked a lot and it's actually the most difficult like question for us to answer because yeah. we have such a strong desire to bring this to other places and to either like franchise or like teach people how to do it to show people But the issue is that we, we are not experts. You know, like I said, we, we started from nothing and we're still figuring this out ourselves. You know, we don't know the exact right model yet. We're still trying to figure that out. And then when you take it to a whole nother community, a whole nother environment, it's going to be totally different. Right. So it's, it's such a complicated answer that I I want to be able to give people the answer to, but it's just going to take more time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that makes sense and you know, it's kind of like what you talked about earlier which is running an organization whether it's a business or a nonprofit. Um there's just so many different things that go on behind the scenes that I think unless you've been there you you don't really understand. And so, yes, people are like on the one hand they're like, "Hey, I want to do this in my neighborhood." tell me how to do it and I'll get started. And you're like, well, wait a second. Like if it's, is this a franchise? Is this, you know, there's just so many things that go into it. There's like legal stuff. Like I can't count the time, the the amount of times I've had to like put on my lawyer hat. Like there's just so many things that go into it. And so, you know, I, I, we're definitely speaking the same language here, but I think, um, it, of course, it's always good to have community demand and have people like asking you for things. And like, so So that's a good like proof of concept, especially if you're going to go out and do like an investor pitch or something. Like all of that is always really awesome and, and exciting to know, but oftentimes it can be really hard to scale up behind the scenes. And so, yeah, I mean, you kind of talked about this now, but you guys are still figuring it out, right? Like, are you Are you looking to bring somebody onto the team to help you do that? Or are you just trying to figure out like what your next steps are? Like, tell me a little bit about like how you see the future of the company right now.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So at this point, we are um, recycling anywhere from like 50 to 75 tons of glass per month. Right. So that is it seems like a lot, you know, it's like 150,000 pounds. Um, But in reality, there's so much more glass out there in just New Orleans alone. And then we on top of that, you know, we're in a state with no other glass recycling. So there's so many other major cities in Louisiana that also need glass recycling as well as you know, I'll I'll never forget my little, you know, hometown and small towns as well. Um, And so there's just so much glass to be recycled. So like I said, we're recycling about. 50 to 75 tons a month, we in the very near future, like within a year are, are working on purchasing a machine that would allow us to recycle, you know, 50 to 75 tons a day. So that's increasing our processing capacity, our ability to recycle by so, so much. Wow. But of course, the price tag on that machine is roughly a million dollars. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's a plan. It's something we know that we're going to get done. It's just a matter of you know getting that funding, finding impact investors or applying for grants in order to make that happen. But that's the scale that we're we're striving for.
0: Awesome. Well, that's so exciting to hear because, like I said, I, I know that you guys have just started to scratch the surface um, with your you know efforts and like what the potential could be for your business. So that, that that's really cool. Um, so I guess to kind of, I mean, I'm trying to think, let me go through, we, oh, here's a good question for you. Um, this is one that I had jotted down earlier and we, we hadn't had a chance to get, get to it yet, which is um, from like a community advice perspective, like what is your advice to people who aren't living in your, you know, area in New Orleans and who they don't have access to glass recycling initiatives? Like, do you have any advice for them? Like, what should they do?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a complicated it's a question. Yeah. It, it's also a question I get a lot on TikTok. Like yeah. I don't have glass recycling, or even folks who are like, I don't know if the glass in my area is actually being recycled. Like I don't Ooh, know what's happening. Oh, interesting. To it. Yeah. And to everyone, I would say don't be afraid to reach out to your sanitation department, to whoever handles waste and recycling in your area, and just ask them, say, okay. If so, if you if the glass is collected, say where is the glass going? Um, what's happening to the glass? If the glass is not collected, say why isn't the glass collected? Yeah. And they'll probably reply with something like, "Oh, it's a money problem," and then maybe you're in a position to offer help. You know, maybe there are infrastructure grants being given out to cities. Um, there actually are like glass recycling grants being given out to municipalities to get recycling programs going, and so just get involved in that process of figuring out, you know, maybe you're not ready to start an entire business like me and my co-founder did, but you can still help along the way, however you can and make some noise um, to tell people that you do want glass recycling in your area.
0: That's so cool. I I love that. Um, And then one more question about like, you know, your business. And then I'll ask you the same question. We asked everybody at the very end of the podcast, but one more question, which is like, where's the sand going? I think I forgot to tell ask you that. <laughs> Where does that sand go?
1: Yes, I do think we forgot to touch on yeah. this at the beginning. So re recycle glass into sand. That sand is mainly used for disaster relief in New Orleans. So um, sandbags to prevent houses against flooding and hurricanes, and then coastal restoration. So we've done Um, Over a year of research with the National Science Foundation, as well as Tulane University scientists and engineers, determining the safety and the feasibility of using recycled glass sand in coastal restoration. And I'm happy to say that all of the research is going so well. It's really positive. Everything's looking good, as you would expect. Like you said, glass is sand, sand is glass. Um, (laughs) So we didn't expect anything too crazy, but, you know, just covering our bases and double checking everything And so we've already implemented two coastal restoration projects and we hope to implement even more in the next couple months and years.
0: That's amazing. Well, there we go. We uh, we figured out where the sand went, everybody. So I'm sure you're listening to this episode like, why did she not ask where the sand goes? So don't worry, I got you. (laughs) I got you. Okay, so, uh, Fran, last question for you, which is you know we ask this to everybody that comes onto good together but it's it's so interesting to th- think about it from your perspective which is from your point of view what is exciting you the most about what you're seeing going on in this new sort of ethical and sustainable lifestyle movement
1: ooh that is a great question the most exciting thing that i'm seeing about this movement is everyone getting involved Truly like at every level, especially young people, but also older people as well. You know, um, I always think about how when I was young, my grandmother still is and was such a stickler for recycling, like cleaned all of her cans, all of her glass, all of her plastic. And it's like coming back around again. So we truly have everyone involved and kind of listening in on how they can be more sustainable and how they can be more ethical in their lives and it's just such a beautiful thing to see i mean especially for me at our glass recycling drop off i just see every type of person bringing me their glass you know rich poor old young like literally like toddlers coming you know with their parents wine bottles and it's just a yeah. beautiful thing to see people really getting involved on all levels
0: That's so exciting. Well, Fran, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, Listeners, if you're not already familiar with what they're doing at Glass Half Full, you're definitely going to be familiar now. Um, We'll include links um, in our show notes, Um, but just really have enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for, for coming.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And as a special thank you to our listeners, use code Together to get 10% off all products in Brightly's brand new shop full of planet positive swaps for your home. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social, where I know you can find us at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.